Episode 38 of My Therapy with Justin Dickey is brought to you by you, the listener, because if I didn't have listeners, there wouldn't be much point to doing this. So what are we doing here, fellas? Recording a podcast? We've done this a few times before. I thought you would have known that by now. We're here with Jess. This is Luke's friend. Hi. Uh, why are we, we here, fellas? Do we, do we want to <laughs> give the last name? Sure, yeah. Jess this Sebastian. is Jess, Jess Sebastian, yeah. who is a friend of mine since grade nine in high school. Uh, and uh, in the first episode that I did, I mentioned a friend when I was talking about the fact that uh, I don't talk with my friends about mental health issues. And I mentioned a friend who I knew had gone through stuff and to the point of changing his name to represent a life change, and that is Jess. Hi. And so I wanted to have Jess in to kind of talk about that, mm. and I f- don't really know much more about the story <laughs> than what I said then. I know basic details. I know what mm. what kind of kicked it off. At least I'm pretty sure I yeah. know what kicked it off. And uh, and I know that, you know, things weren't going great, but I don't know the details. Mm. And I thought, you know, we have sometimes people in to talk, people that are more just a personal story. And so I thought... Uh, that Jess would yeah. be perfect. Sounds good. Yeah, thank first of all, thank you for, no, thank you for guys. doing this. Uh, you know, it's 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 a tough thing to uh, kind of bear your soul and reveal, you know, personal details about yourself, especially with someone you don't know because we haven't met before right. now. Right. So, uh, and I guess I'm kind of I'm representing the listener here because the listeners don't know me either. So, right. I guess well, in a way, Luke knows you, but he doesn't know right. the details. So, what's uh What's your story? Yeah, well, uh, I can basically, I can kick it off by saying it was kind of started out when I was engaged to be married, and then that didn't work out for a number of reasons. It ended up being for the best, but that was kind of like the catalyst that sort of shook a bunch of things up for me. How long ago um, was this? This was three or four years ago. Okay. Um, and so, and the relationship was a four or five year relationship as well, so it was like a kind of very serious thing for me. Um, but I've always kind of felt like through high school and through everyone else, it's taken me a lot longer to get to where I feel everyone else is. I'm probably, I'm sure that's probably like a common What do you mean by that? Well, I mean like, you know, everyone is figuring out what kind of music tastes they like, right? Like, you know, like high school and and university is like a formative time for figuring out kind of who you are and, you know, what are are the things that you like? What do you want to be? That sort of stuff. And, and so I, and I always feel like, I'm sort of behind the curve on that because it wasn't until like after all that stuff where I figured out, oh, this is the music I like or this is what I look for when I'm reading a good book or movie or whatever, right? So that's what I mean, like behind the curve. I always feel like I'm kind of catching up on that kind of stuff. And and also, um, you're you're younger. Mm-hmm. Yes, me. yeah, yeah. So we were in the same grade through high school, but uh, just actually a year younger than you're some I. Some kind of boy genius. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like my family traveled a lot. So okay. uh, when I started school, it was actually in Singapore. And okay. they don't have a kindergarten there. You just go straight into grade one. Okay. So when we came back over, it was like the decision to like repeat a year or just keep going as it was. Okay. So that ended up being a year behind. I guess that <laughs> diagnosis that, oh, I'm behind things a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 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 after that, I, I, you know, it ended up for the best, the engagement breaking off. But I started like asking a lot of questions of myself that was sort of like, like the pull on the thread. If you're unraveling a sweater, it was sort of like... Well, I had my life set up like this. I had a lot of assumptions about where things were going to go. And 
now it's th- th- none of those assumptions are working. Kind of questioning every decision you made. Yeah, right? for okay. sure. And like, and so, but like that kept that kept going, and it was like a spiral, and it was sort of like you know unraveling, unraveling. You know, not just you know where am I going or what's my life headed? Like you know why am I doing this or you know, and then it got down to like basic questions of identity, which I'd never questioned before. It's sort of like it, it, it's been established by the people around me. And then I sort of just pick up on that and then just go with that because that's that's a role that's been made for me. So, you know, it's like, oh, you're the class clown or whatever, right? And so rather than, like, questioning why or, like, do you actually feel that need or whatever, you just be like, oh, I'm the class clown, so I'm going to be goofy all the time and do this goofy kind of stuff and not really worry about figuring out, you know, my own thing kind of whatever just like sort of just like yep this is this is what it is not worry about it or you know the same kind of thing happens when this happens to a lot of people i think where your extended family will hear one fact about you like oh this person likes this thing and then all you're ever going to get for the rest of your life for christmas or for your birthday or whatever or like things related to that thing right yeah a long time for a long time for me it was just something with a montreal canadians logo on it until i said no i actually detest this organization (laughs) can we cut it with that stuff so yeah yeah okay i get what you're saying so it's that same sort of thing where you know for a while just for like easy convenience you're just sort of yep thank you you know whatever yeah you know it's like it's like you have to step out to say oh well thank you for your gift but also you know, like that was like one thing five years ago and it's right, great yeah. that you remembered. But so it's like that same sort of thing, but like on a larger scale for me where all of the things I had incorporated into myself, I was like finding out as I was pulling that thread were like, oh, do I actually like, you know, do I actually care about this? Do I actually feel, you know, feel this thing? And then so that like just kept going and I was like, when is this going to stop? You know, like when, when I'm going to figure out what I actually want or who I am, that sort of thing. So like, you know, those questions are, you know, spiraling around and spiraling around. And so how long, how, if you were to describe kind of the time frame of this process sure. you started to go through, like from the time that your engagement broke off yeah. to the spiraling kind of effect you were I'd feeling. S- it wasn't, it wasn't right away. It was sort of like, and it was, it was an interesting period too, because that's when I was first figuring out, uh, like I write novels on the side, sort of as a, as a, you know, personal passion of mine, but um, and so I was sort of figuring out that space as well. And so, and I was trying to fit that in with working full time, which wasn't really working very well because it's hard to, you know, get in that creative headspace and also work full time. So I was trying to figure out how to balance that at the same time. And I wasn't super happy at the job I was in. There was nothing wrong with it per se, but it was, you know, it was like, it was very full time in that, you know, I, it was in, I was in Oakville and I lived in Hamilton at the time. And so it was, you know, commuted in an hour and a half your full days of work come home in an hour and then that's like the entire day so i had those weeks which just felt like go go to work come home sleep repeat that five times have the weekend to do your chores and then do that again kind of a thing right so all this stuff kind of like coalesced and so i'd say it was probably about a year like during that year after was like the spiral of okay this is this way and then a week later no wait actually is it that way you know you know do i actually like this or you know um and so like that kind of like falling apart or keep picking and questioning yourself questioning yourself and and just never getting any answers to any of that because i'd never had to i've never considered any of this before and before i could come and and like set an answer down there was a whole another bevy of questions that needed that were prerequisites to that Hmm. kind of like um you know i I used to be the uh, this was like 2010 or something like bacon was like the you know, like the internet meme of you get bacon and everything or whatever, right? Like it's the 
super magic food or whatever. And so I expressed the general layman's like of bacon or whatever. Uh, not to say that I didn't like it or whatever. It was just sort of, you know, a uh, uh, passing interest. But then it became one of those things where, oh, because there was a bunch of bacon memes, then, you know, you, you get a bunch of bacon stuff and then you have all this bacon stuff. So people are like, oh, the, you, you know, you must love bacon, right? And so it like spirals out of there. And then I sit down and it's like, do I love bacon? <laughs> you know, like, it, you know, it's, it seems like a silly question. But at that point, you know, I'm sitting in a room where I got like bacon band-aids on the shelf and bacon mayonnaise or whatever, whatever. And it's like, I, you know, I could take it or leave it, right? Like, right. you know, uh, and, and, and those sort of like little things where you look at the stuff, you know, and the, and the stuff that you're doing and, and spending time with. And it's like, I don't feel anything for any of this. Yeah. Right? And it can be kind of frustrating to, you know, always be grasping at something that you can't, you know, you don't know what you want there. Right. Yeah. The bacon analogy is kind of a, a microcosm of the bigger issue mm-hmm. that you're, you're questioning everything. Yeah. That you've just been, this has been imparted on you, I mm-hmm. guess, the, your identity. You're mm-hmm. like, well, is that, is that what you're going with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, like, it was, I, yeah, it was I kind of feel the same way mm-hmm. in some ways, but yeah. Yeah, it was like the, that was a passive least resistance just to, just to accept what, what everyone already thought, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not like I dislike it. You know, if there was something I disliked or that wasn't me, I'd go out of my way to correct that or whatever. But if it wasn't like, you know, because I was just sort of accepting whatever, I was just, going with the flow on that. And so like during that year after was really like all that stuff coming apart and, and me trying to figure out, okay, well, so at the end of that, like, you know, at my lowest point, I'm, I already like have like the usual general anxiety stuff, uh, dealing with people, talking on the phone, whatever, whatever. I don't think that's super rare in the age of everyone always ordering pizza via web apps or whatever else. Um, but so, like, at the end of that year, I was uh, really at a point of, you know, what do I do now? Like, where, when are I going even, you know? And I would spend, like, just a lot of time sleeping, spacing out. Um, it was just, like, really kind of a frustrating thing, like a feeling to try and, and grasp at. Because it's like you have to redefine your entire life at that point. Because at this point, I hadn't raveled all those questions. And so I was sort of left with nothing. Um and so I'm just like floating out in that void, just trying to figure out kind of what to do, right? And uh, and so that was a significant like amount of time there. It was like probably another four or five months where I was just like, you know, going to work, not thinking about anything, just sort of just doing whatever and not thinking about the future or whatever, right? Just sort of like, you know, I'll, I'll do today and then I'll do the next day. Both of the motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um I have I haven't been depressed I don't think but I I feel like that you it's the same sort of mindset where you know you you're not thinking about the th- about you know what's good in life or what you're aiming towards or any of your goals just sort of like just like trudging through the days kind of one by one and at that point I was you know things got better over time I never really I never really decided to do anything about it I was sort of just like okay well at some point I just have to set these questions aside and and kind of like baby steps it right like you know figure out <laughs> figure out like one by one by one the things that are that I want to get to kind of a thing right so uh one of the earliest ones was um you know how do I want to dress and cuz at that point I had just had the same you know set of couple t-shirts 
from high school, I always had the video game themed T-shirts, and I had a large, you know, just a bunch of those, and 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 I had just worn those for like literally ten, I don't know, eight or you know, eight all through high school, grade school, high school, whatever. I just had the same set of T-shirts or whatever. I never really gave a thought to about it, and I never really liked shopping for clothes either because it was. Oh, what it like? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'll just get this, 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 and be done. But then it was sort of like, oh, you know, I can be intentional about this. You know, it was like, oh, I discovered, I discovered fashion. I discovered whatever else, right? Like, I, I can decide how I want to look by what I wear, which was like, oh, cool. Now I'm gonna go and figure out, figure out this and figure out that, and uh, that led to, you know, going online and finding out like cool artists that make like that make clothes and whatever else. And so it was like, oh, cool. So I can like kind of hold on to this or whatever is something to be interested in or look forward to or whatever. And so from that, it was like, okay, well, you know, how would I want to eat? Right. And it was like, okay, well, meat's fine or whatever. Like I don't have any give or take on it, but, and I, and I'm really like a lazy cook. Probably Luke is the same way. Incredibly lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, my like for a dish is predicated entirely on how many dishes it dirties in the creation of that dish. Um, so food wasn't really that important to me, right? So I was looking at stuff and it's like, oh, well, if that's the case, then, you know, let's look at being vegetarian, right? Because there's an economic, I don't want to get into it too much, but like, you know, there's an economic impact to meat, whatever, whatever. So if I don't care what I'm eating, then why not do it, do it this way, right? Because you can get, you know, if I'm just eating chicken fingers, you can get the vegetarian, you know, just like these breaded broccoli patties things. So the same exact thing that costs like a dollar more, but no, I'm not eating meat, which I actually did care about, right? So if I don't care about my food, but I care about this other thing, then I can do that. Um, but that was sort of like, oh, well, you know, I'd had in my personality up to that point, like, you know, just as the, the guy who likes bacon or whatever, bacon, everything. So it was like, be like, oh, the I'm, bacon guy doesn't yeah, eat meat the, anymore. <laughs> the bacon guy's not eating anymore. What's going on, right? And so that was sort of like the start of, oh, this is, you know, like, it's not just me who was, who was I don't want to say like, I'll, I'll say like defining my personality for convenience, right? That's what everybody does. When when they, when you speak to someone, you you have a kind of ingrained idea of what that person is like, you know, a history with them, whatever, whatever. Uh, so other people had ideas of who I was based on, you know, so it was like a feedback loop of, you know, they would have an idea who I was and I would say, yes, that's me. And then that would reinforce their idea who I was. So when I go, you know, when I go through unraveling this and rebuilding it, it's like, oh, it's, completely different all of a sudden and that doesn't match up right so is there an ulterior motive there you know what's the thing and it's sort of hard for me to get into oh well let me you know explain all this all the reasons for that and and we'll go through it together that's not generally a uh you know what we wouldn't get into in a kind of light conversation of oh you're a vegetarian now or whatever because i wouldn't i I don't want to be like one of those (laughs) people who bring it up unbidden um uh you know, like there's the the internet stuff. About preachy. It. You don't want to be preachy. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to convert anyone else and not to make a stink about it or whatever. So it's like only if it's applicable to, oh, we're ordering pizza or whatever. Like, you know, make sure you get one without vegetables on it or something. Um, But, you know, then it comes up as like, oh, are you vegetarian? It's like, yeah. And then, you know, why is that? And it's like, well, because I went through this decision-making process and I'm reincorporating aspects of myself, but <laughs> that, that's like, oh no, that's not what I was looking for. I didn't <laughs> too too, too <laughs> much, too much, too much. Yeah. Um, so that was like kind of uh, I don't know a, a rebuild. That's when the rebuilding happened. Yeah. When so when all this was happening, mm-hmm. we 
I <laughs> because I watched the the engagement mm. and um and your ex was a part of our we uh, we we have we're a part of a larger mm. larger group of friends. There's ten ten of us or something like that. And at the time, we kind of said, you know, we need to uh, we need to be there for Jess. We need some space. And we told her, you know, maybe it's best if you just if you don't come around. And that and that went on for for about a year because we felt like you weren't maybe okay with that, mm-hmm. which now it clearly was that you were asking questions mm-hmm. about yourself. Was was there any point in that where we were, you know, thinking you were still and maybe you still were, but yeah. were still dealing with this breakup, the end of this relationship, when in fact it was deeper than that, where you thought I should talk about it? Um, like talk to you guys about it? Or, yeah, yeah, as a yeah. whole, because yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe you talk mm-hmm. to specific people right, right, right. Um, individually. Um, well, that's the sort of the thing. It's like, it's sort of strange with our group of friends because we're we're all like very, very, very close, but we don't kind of talk, at least I don't know about the guy's side or me personally or whoever, we don't really talk about too much of that in-depth stuff. And I don't, I don't really see that as a as a failing of the group because I always knew that were it to come to that I could sort of a thing. It's sort of like um I I hadn't ever used that but I I feel like you know the 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 opportunity was there if I ever wanted it or if I ever really needed anything and that manifests itself in like oh I'm moving, you know, I'm going to call up this person this person and they're right there for me or you know uh and so and so no I I didn't that was like the other thing too was I didn't have kind of the um, vocabulary to talk about kind of what was happening because I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have any answers to my, to questions myself. So it was sort of like, okay, well, once, you know, I'm going to figure, figure this out on my own and kind of go from there. But it, there probably was the case where it seemed like I was still going through a hard breakup when really I was, who am I as a person? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you were talking about how you went through a process where you were, you know, kind of sleeping a lot and that sort of thing. Was that mm-hmm. was that kind of your lowest point? And like, what was what was your lowest point? I yeah. Guess? And so how did you work through it? Yeah. It's hard because some of this intersects with like the usual stuff that I deal with. When, you know, when I'm over over stressed or over interacting with people or whatever. Like my response to that is generally to kind of like retreat and kind of sleep it off or. Right. Um, or whatever else. So I don't know how much of it was, you know, cause I was also at that time I switched jobs. So I left my, I left my old job and started working, um, kind of like self-employed doing more part-time tech stuff. So that was like a big change. And then I was, um, uh, changed a couple of other things around. And so it was like, I, it's hard to say like when exactly was like the nadir there, but it, it was probably like, probably like a year and a half to two years like so the five months there where it was just you know i i I was just like really zonked out of it and everything that i was doing um sleeping tons just like really not really not with it uh on on any of my own time kind of a thing at what point did the decision come about to go through the name change yeah, so that was like pretty. So it's it's been a year now. So yeah. it was it was I think probably after about two and a half three years. So it's not I I don't I don't consider that the end point. But that was generally it was after a lot of stuff after a lot of this stuff had happened. Um, I'd already yeah you know, I'd already been vegetarian for a year. I'd already started changing the way I dressed for longer than that. I'd already done a bunch of this stuff, and I was starting to run into, you know, who is this? 
right? Like, you know, people that I hadn't seen in a while, you know, I'd, you know, go to catch up or whatever, and they would be surprised to see kind of these, these changes and be like, oh, you know, this isn't you or this is surprising or whatever. Like they had, you know, it's a shock to have those expectations bumped. And uh, so I started considering it for a while where I was like, you know, I, I'd like to do something to to speak to myself to say, you know, this is the, this represents the change I've gone through. You know, it kind of puts a, a punctuation mark on it. And, you know, moving forward, I can, I can kind of like rebuild around this kind of a thing. So it was like a lot of little reasons that all kind of came together. And I decided like this, I think would be a very beneficial thing because I can, I can rally around this as a, as a concept. Um, and, you know, silly as it sounds, but it's, it's, kind of reaffirming to go through it like officially and you know change all the the government papers and get a new birth certificate all that kind of stuff as a as a kind of you know mini symbolic representation of of I'm on the other side of some of this stuff now yeah what was kind of I don't want to go back to the beginning mm-hmm. because like I'm concerned that the question but to ask is well the the engagement break off and mm-hmm. that's what motivated all of this but what, I'm just wondering, like, you went through that low point and then you started to really question everything that you were doing and mm-hmm. kind of starting to really form a new identity mm-hmm. for yourself. And was there any kind of intrinsic motivation there? Like, what like what was that moment for you where you were like, okay, I need to start making these changes? Like, what? what yeah. How did that happen? Right. Well, that ties into it's, – it's, it's like books and it's art and it's that kind of stuff where these, you know, uh, certain authors, Ursula K. Le Guin – um, she writes a lot of sci-fi that has to do with uh, identity and 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 all that kind of stuff was really, you know, I'm reading this and I'm like, I'm not the only one who's felt these things. You know, I've not, you know, this is, these are, it's probably, you know, this is more extreme than average or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I, this is not by far a unique scenario and that kind of solidarity and seeking out um, that sort of like art made by people who have felt the same thing kind of like drove me to say like, oh, wow, there's, so much out there from people who I aspire to learn more about and to, you know, to be, yeah. Was there, I'm trying, I, I lost the question that I was going <laughs> to um, How much did your job play into this and the change, did you change jobs? Yeah, I changed jobs. Because yeah. I, I'll just explain me a little bit where, um, I, I work in public relations, media relations. I, I used to work in journalism. So I've always been kind of a writing guy, and that's kind of my thing. And uh, But I'm also a big sports guy, and mm-hmm. I, were, I got a chance to work in pro sports for a couple of years. And then I just got really kind of zonked out by the, the stress that comes with uh, a, a heavy schedule, and I wanted something different. Mm-hmm. So I got something different. And I, through that process, I kind of lost my identity. Right. Um, and that's when I really started to spiral. I, I had already been low, but then when I kind of made that change, thought it would fix things mm-hmm. and it didn't, I really started to like, well, what's the point? I had yeah. this huge existential crisis. It kind of still yeah. flutters every now and again. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How much did you, did your job play into that? Cause for me, my job was yeah. huge. It's like, it's what defined me as a mm-hmm. person. really. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's something that actually scared me. Like I didn't want to be defined by my job like I was at that point because, you know, it was taking up so much of my time and thought process and energy. And also there's that whole thing of, you know, the people at my job thought of me, you know, the one way, like we were talking about before, they had an established 
right. viewpoint of me. So without giving away the details mm. of who they were, is, mm-hmm. is be as open and comfortable as you want to be sure. with it. Like, what was your job for the context for me? Because right. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then what did what changed? You're right. Um, so my job, I was working full time. They were like a small logistics company, um, okay. and so I was part of like the technology wing of that, helping them to you know build the software that the truckers would use or that the dispatchers would use on computers or whatever. So it was like kind of like a tech development focused job. And we is were that working, your background, like your education yeah, background? Well, no, I'm, I have an English major. <laughs> which is, <laughs> well, yeah, those two go hand in yeah, hand. No. An English <laughs> major from Redeemer, yeah. uh, which is like probably one of the least techie schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so how did you go from English major to tech? Well, my dad, he works for – has you know he worked for IBM for many, many years. Okay. And so I was always kind of like as a kid surrounded by computers and techie stuff and – uh, I did have a computer science minor, uh, you know, whatever a <laughs> whatever that means. Like <laughs> yeah. Whatever a liberal arts computer science minor is worth. But I did have, you know, in high school actually, HD um, had a particularly well advanced uh, computer course for the time and for the for the school. And so, like, I had always kind of like had an interest with computers on my own time. I was, uh, you know, dealing with them. Uh, so I sort of, I actually signed up for that job as a technical writer, because I said, oh, I have an English major, so I can make sure all your manuals are proofread. But because it was such a small business, they sort of allowed, you know, they they, they would just like fling stuff at you and see what stuck. Mm-hmm. And so they said, oh, you have an aptitude for this. So we'll just, you know, kind of put in. So I got, I kind of like scooched more and more even to the. Kind of like an op- on-the-job training. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. It just came as you went. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so the, yeah, so I ended up doing more of the, the tech side and more of the development side and testing side. Um, and. You know, I had no problems with the job other than it, it took up so much of my time. But it's also like – this is also like when I was doing this rebuilding thing, it also was like enmeshed with I want to start writing more kind of kind of a thing. And I, and I just couldn't like I, – I, I finished the end of my first book in 2016 and it had taken like four years-ish to write. And it was, you know, very short, whatever the other things were. Because when I was working full time, it was just – you know, I could find one Sunday a month or something to sit down and do that. Uh, so that that was my main concern was the, you know, less about the, you know, I've, I've hooked my identity to this job and more if I spend so much time doing this job, it is my identity, like kind of mm. like a reverse thing. Um, and then there's the other issue of, you know, working there. If I want to go through these changes – uh, it's really hard to bring that up to coworkers, especially like we just had a working relationship. Um, I was not particularly close to anybody there. And so it's hard to say, you know, oh, I'm vegetarian now. And so that means that this is why I don't want to come to this, you know, barbecue event or whatever. Um, so I- I'm not saying that they was that was the reason that I left, but it was sort of this, it was the culmination of I want to find more time. I'm changing as a person. I'm worried about how much, you know, the direction just I want to go. One of those things this. you wanted a fresh start in all areas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so and so that that sort of all just came together and I was like, "Oh, this is probably a good time, you know, with everything else financially whatever whatever to to try and branch out and see what I can find that way." So. And how did that go? It well, it ended up pretty okay. It's an evolving situation, but I took some time off and I just kind of wrote full time um which was heaven for me like <laughs> it was it was really like it helped a lot just to be able to to have the space to just write or whatever to do something you enjoy yeah exactly yeah yeah um so i so and that was sort of the period that i was kind of like rebuilding myself as well so i had the extra time there to to not worry as much about 
oh, I slept the whole day away. What am I going to do? You know, that was one of my two weekend days or whatever. It was sort of like I had that extra space. And so I, I've, you know, I felt like, okay, well, I have this much money saved up and I know I spend this much per year. So I can probably, you know, things would be tight, but I can take a year off and, and not, you know, feel the burn too much there. So because the, the one of the advantages of a tech job is, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, not so bad that way. But uh, so I took that year off and I wrote a bunch and I sort of worked on getting things together. And then there was an opportunity to work with my father, who now he's retire, re- retired. And I use very large uh, scare quotes on that because he probably works as much as he did back then. Um, but he and his brother had sort of set up a side business helping to uh, do the technology side of a um, – uh, facial reconstruction surgery play. they just manage mm. the servers whatever and so there was an opportunity for you know he's uh he and his brother his brother's even older than he is they're looking to actually retire and step back from some of the day-to-day management stuff so that was an opportunity for me to step in to kind of you know it's perfect because it's part-time i don't hate working in tech and i have some experience in doing mm. it so i can sort of like take that stuff on and so that's kind of where i'm at now is working part-time there which is like been a really good balance for me. And you get to work with your dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you guys have a good relationship? We have a, we have a good working relationship, that, yeah. That's <laughs> a good working relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, like, uh, you know, as I've tried to figure out what I want to do next, like, part of that is, like, my dad runs a business mm-hmm. and I... They sponsor our podcast. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> uh, but uh, part of it has been, um, it's not likely to happen, but I've mm-hmm. often thought, you know, would it just be good for my for my well-being and mm-hmm. kind of my – would it just take the edge off a little bit if I just went home and, and worked with my family? Right, yeah. And that's just what I did and yeah. and kind of let go of this dream mm-hmm. of trying to make it somewhere else and mm-hmm. just kind of just said, you know what? It's it's just nice to be around family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So do you kind of feel that a little bit? Um, I don't know. It's like it's – for me, I had always, you know – kind of strive to be independent and whatever else because you you don't want to be leaning on them too hard and you know because i have very supportive parents i'm very thankful for that but you know it's you don't want to you know kind of like even if they would be fine with it i wouldn't be right kind of leaning that much so it's hard to navigate well you know how much of this is for work and how much is this is you know them helping me or whatever and and you know scared of the nepotism sort yeah of yeah but it, you know it's fine because i ended i did have an aptitude for it because I'd already worked in the industry. So I could create, you know, I went through and created a resume. It helps when you show up and you're competent. Yeah. <laughs> people yeah, let, yeah, you, yeah. let you off some. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a delicate kind of line to walk, but I think at the end of the day, it is better than when I was working full time because that was the other thing too, is the place I was working, the boss was fine. He was fine. Like he was kind of like, he had he wasn't egregious in any one respect on anything compared to a lot of other bosses but it wasn't that i wasn't super happy to know that the harder i worked the more money he made personally right, right. and you know it's it's kind of a hard thing to get over that no matter where you are but that's the one advantage to me right now in this situation is knowing that the harder i work you know that that money's not going to someone who who didn't work for it or whoever right like right. that's us together yeah and so when I work really hard and go through a you know stressful time, put in the extra hours, that's a because you know I'm working directly with the customer instead of nebulously developing a product, and b with the end goal of you know just working with my dad. So it's 
it's not as much a, a kind of a thing. So both of those things were, you know, very, very advantageous to me, I mm. think, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure where to go from there. Uh, I was curious to know, mm. I'll take it in a bit of a different direction, uh, how has that how has the transformation helped you um i think it's helped it, well I, I, you know i don't want to put like a period on it and cuz i there's a lot of stuff where i'm still figuring out maybe but, transformation is also too mm, harsh of a word uh, I, how would you describe that i uh, i guess like a restructuring <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, um, I, I, i'd agree with the restructuring yeah, rather re- than transformation mm-hmm, cuz you know i'm still you know similar in a lot of the same ways at least to me personally, right. right? I'm still the same person, whatever, still the same brain going on. Um, but it, it's helped in that because I've asked so many of these questions, I'm not as afraid of them anymore. So there are certain parts of my life that I still haven't figured out yet. But instead of weighing so heavily on me, it's sort of I've realized that, you know, give it some time, figure some other things out, it'll come along. Right. And so that's been, I think, the 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 biggest thing that I learned kind of going through all that. And so, you know, having having gone through all that stuff and having that experience I think is has been the most the most helpful. Yeah. Was this a process you'd wanted to do for a while or was this just something that kind of you decided you needed to do when when you had your breakout? Yeah. I it was not anything as intentional as that. And that was part of the problem as well. It was, you know, when I was really at that low point I was thinking you know, let's say the engagement did go forward, you know, how would I have continued to do what I did just like kind of toe that line? And would that have been a bad thing? Would I have figured something else out? And so I don't have the answer to that, to be honest. Um, I, I can't say what would have happened, gone that direction. Um, so, yeah, it's just sort of like, had it always kind of bothered you, though, to go, you know, I don't really know if this is who I truly am. Is that something that you kind of played with for a long time? To or? be honest, no, I hadn't. No. Like, that was that was part of the questioning that happened hmm. was I, I never questioned any of that. I just sort of went along with it and never thought otherwise. It was – it never came up. It was never, you know, part of my, my considerations. And it was only hmm. after the fact where it's like I'd never even considered – these questions, incorporating the self or, you know, whatever it was never even came up. And so when I was in that questioning period, I'm like, what does that say about me? You know, how bad is it that I I never even wondered that before I got here? Were you ever concerned about uh, any kind of, what are people going to think about this? Yeah, I think everyone, (laughs) everyone sort of has that. And but I, I had to my advantage of, you know, I, I know my friends and I've known them for a long time. So it's sort of I had that like core of they'll probably stick with me. Right. So that's sort of it, it gave me like uh, like the kind of bolstering I needed to say, well, maybe I wouldn't have done this this way or made these changes if I didn't have that kind of like support, hmm. um, unstated support around me. Yeah. W- was it still hard? Because I'm going to. Give mm-hmm. some background. Jess told me he changed his name in the most Jess way I could possibly think about, <laughs> in that I thought it was a joke for <laughs> about an hour after it happened. We were at a friend's place. We were having pizza. Did you just show up and be like, I'm Jess now? <laughs> I opened the first pizza on the stack. It was the vegetarian pizza. I said, this is his pizza. 
And he went, no, actually, that's Jess's pizza. And I went, ha, <laughs> and I went and sat down. And then it was about an hour later that he was off in a at another table playing a game, and I was sitting on the couch with another friend. And I over or I heard a different friend say other name, sorry, Jess. And I leaned over to the friend on the couch. I went, wait a second, did, like was he serious? Is his name actually Jess now? And he went, yeah. I was like, I thought it was a joke. I feel like such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's how I found out. So what like was that? process difficult telling yeah how us? often did you get those haha that's just you're funny type of thing uh not like to my face really not at all mm-hmm. um probably maybe a couple times actually because I, I i didn't have a tiny bit of fun with it like you said yeah that, <laughs> i want to be clear here i didn't think it was a joke that he changed his name in mm-hmm. the context of the conversation was going mm-hmm. on we were poking fun back and forth and so i still feel like an ass for it, but, <laughs> but I did, I feel like multiple people would have thought it was a joke in, yes. the, in the situation yeah, yeah. that I yeah, did. Yeah, given the thing, yeah. So I, I don't know, it was sort of a thing where, because we had that sort of not getting too deep into things, I, I would sort of just say, you know, I've changed my name, here's like the quick boilerplate reasons why I went through a lot of changes recently, and that they had been pretty obvious at that point. Like, you know, at that point I'd done the clothes thing and done the vegetarian thing, whatever else. So it's like, it makes sense that, oh, it's not coming out of nowhere because, you know, they've been with me through these other mm. changes that have happened, right? Were there people that had a, a negative reaction to to any of it? But, I mean, I, I, guess, I would guess the name change is probably the, yeah. the most severe Yeah, one. I won't name any names or anything like that. But there are some people who thought that it was... I don't know, too extreme or just like a uh, a fad or whatever, you know, and it's... Like, uh, you know, like self-absorbed. Or yeah, like that, sort yeah. of, you know, why do you need to do this? Why can't yeah. you just, you know, stick with your old name and go through all the things that you did? That's fine, whatever. But, you know, why why do you have to put this, like, performative spin on it, right? It was, which is what they would say. I, I would hope <laughs> in my heart that n- nothing I've done is for the sake of kind of display it's all been mm-hmm. motivated by the by the personal changes but yeah there's definitely people who said you know they don't understand because maybe i didn't let them in on that because i was you know playing my cards close to my chest or we don't speak that often or whatever that this was something that was unnecessary kind of to them mm-hmm. yeah um luke i i kind of want your perspective on what you saw in your friend is is he went from that breakup through to this where he's at now. Well, I mean, it's what I, for the longest time, it's what I said earlier. Like I just thought it was more dealing with the breakup. I mean, it was, it breakups are never easy. Mm. Um, the, they had known each other since high school, the same thing. Um, it, they were both individually parts of our friend group before they got together. Um, and so we just kind of felt like it was, and and it, we just felt like it was it was more of that I guess and I from my perspective um, sometimes I get a little bit um, parental about <laughs> about my friends you get worried <laughs> yeah well like uh, I get really protective I think and and in what way uh, I mean it was it was myself and another person who kind of took the initiative it wasn't just didn't come to us but we kind of took the initiative to go to her and say maybe it's best if you stay away for a little while and um maybe that's over the line but that's that's kind of the attitude that that's kind of sometimes the way i can get with it and so that's what i just kept feeling is like i have to protect just be there 
but I have to protect him from mm-hmm. from the the devil. Who she's great, by the way. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> she, we're back. Everybody's friends again. It's yeah. uh, it's good. But that's kind of what I just felt like it was. And then when the name change happened, um, it was. I mean, of course, it wasn't something I saw coming. Um, but it, I don't know. It just kind of felt right. I mm-hmm. I felt like the name change felt right. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of. <laughs> It made sense. I got it. I, I it was never hard for me. That was mm-hmm. that was one thing that I was a little bit surprised with because I mean I at that point that was a year ago. Yeah. So I would have known you for if it was twenty seventeen, uh, that would be thirteen years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're getting old. <laughs> uh, but so thirteen years that I'd known him as as this other name, and it just kind of slipped in right away. So I I don't know. It felt it felt right. Do you slip up? Me once. About a week after. That's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I wear it as a badge of honor. Right? I wear it as a badge of honor that I've only <laughs> slipped up once. That that my wife has actually slipped up. Never never in front mm. of Jess, but she's actually slipped up times when we're talking about it. And she only knew him for like a year or two before uh, before all this mm. happened. Do you but, have like a do you have like a sign on your in your kitchen that says days <laughs> calling him Jess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I've, I've got it framed up on yeah. the, up on the wall. But nice. I mean actually related to that. Does mm. it does it kind of bug you or, or, or no, when somebody I, still slips? I, I, not at all, really. Like, because there's an intentionality behind making a decision to call me by my own name, and that would bug me. So, as far as I know, everyone who slipped has slipped unintentionally, which I just can't be angry well, at. Like, I fully understand it, right? If you're in your late 20s and you've been one name yeah. for so many years, and yeah. for one year you've been Jess. Yeah. Um, it, that, that can be a process. Yeah, and so I fully understand that. I never, ever, you know, I. Dep- you know, the person generally catches themselves. Now, early on, I would, you know, right. correct and say, like, oh, I'm just now, whatever. But it, it just doesn't even bother me in the slightest. Mm-hmm. So. I also got to say he was very, um, very kind about the whole thing. Like, because I knew there was such an importance to it. And, but when people would slip up, it was never a, there was, it was always such a, just a, uh, a loving tap, <laughs> almost, just to kind of, actually, it's this. Yeah. And it was... I don't know. I was always so impressed with that because I mean, we still we have one friend who's still like when he's when he's yammering on, he still mm. he still slips up despite being one of our closest mm. friends. And I don't know. It's still I, I'm always surprised that a year in, I'm surprised that he makes the mistake, but, <laughs> but that that you don't that that it doesn't bother you more. Yeah. It's, well, it's just sort of a I I don't like when personally things are like a gotcha, right? Like. Here's a I got you moment, right? And a real like reveling in a mistake. And so I never want to put that on anybody. Like that's the furthest thing from my mind. And so it's it, it could be the easiest thing to say this personally offends me and I get deeply hurt every time you slip up. So don't ever slip up. But, you know, and then and then from then on you could just do a real, mm. you know, like a real twist of the knife every time it happened. And that, that it would just be like it would be really nasty, I think, and it would be misunderstanding of the way people think and, and approach change and all that other stuff. So I wanted to really steer <laughs> steer as far away as that as I could. Is that kind of a personal growth thing? Like, I, I try to think about the – now in high school, we mm. were all stupid kids. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I think it? about the kid I knew in high school. Like, if it had been the same thing, I feel like it would have been a much more forceful mm. when people slipped up. Like, do you see that as personal growth? Yeah, well, this is, I think that's, like, tied into the normal growth, uh, again, through high school. And that's something that I've tried to incorporate that that I was working on even even before that was, you know, figuring out 
the ethos I want to have as a person, the the kind of way I want to treat people and be treated, and all of that, which comes with like the general maturity. <laughs> that, that happens to everybody. Yeah, that happens, yeah. Well, should should happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a mental health podcast, so um, as I listen to your story, um, I I sense a lot of you know personal evaluation and you know how do I you know change my life for the better how do i improve my you know mental uh mental state but do you do you think that through any of this you ever really had a mental illness um well i'll I'll say now that i do have kind of a uh a nonverbal learning disorder um and it's called uh, executive dysfunction and i also have kind of high generalized anxiety um so i don't think that this per se was a mental illness. I think it could have been exacerbated by the existing ones that I had because it's it's always been hard for me to pick up on social cues, which is a feedback loop of well, now I'm worried that I'm missing the social cue or that people are. Then you're you know, worried about having about worrying about missing. The yes, social exactly. Cue. Yeah. And so I think that as a result of that, some of the introspection that would have normally happened in that time during high school, college. I didn't do in favor of trying to learn these social graces. So, you know, focusing so hard on what other people expect from me that I didn't, you know, take that time to do the personal growth that I felt everyone else did. Yeah, I was I was going to say, like, through, you know, just trying to manage the anxiety and trying to keep up what you think are expectations of others, mm-hmm. uh, was that part of it that you just – you, you you weren't focusing on yourself because mm-hmm. you were trying to do whatever you thought everybody else wanted you to do. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair statement and that I was so kind of wrapped up in these other concerns that I never got around to figuring this stuff out on my own. Uh, when were, were you like officially diagnosed with, a, with an anxiety yeah, disorder? Yeah, so as a kid I was uh, – my parents I guess had – I, I really struggled with math and with handwriting, with certain order of operation stuff, and but I did fine on reading and everything else. And so, you know, my parents were concerned, as every parent you know wants to make sure that, <laughs> or every good parent wants to make sure they're betterment of their child or whatever. But um, so they, you know, went through into the battery test and said, okay, well, you know, just is this way with these elements, and it, it's not, I don't think, severe in any way, but it's sort of this is. With an understanding, we can now approach um, things in a different way. So, like, my handwriting is just absolutely terrible as a result. And so that means that, you know, I would just go to another room to type up my tests. Like, whenever I was writing uh, an essay or whatever, I would go to type it up after. Or with the understanding that I'm absolutely, like, it's impossible for me to memorize a formula, I'm going to have a a cheat sheet when I go into, Mm -hmm. like, regardless of the test, here's the paperwork, whatever, he just absolutely cannot memorize any formula. So, you know, here's a here's a cheat sheet kind of a thing, right, hmm. like of the formulas. Uh, how did you – was there any kind of therapy or uh, or treatment to work through the anxiety? Yeah, it's – it's. I guess that's uh, – it's an evolving thing. My – like my parents or whatever, they, they have kind of like pushed me into that direction. So I did do start some therapy sessions or whatever. But – kind of intrinsically as a person I'm just so prone to go against anything anybody tells me to do and it's okay. just, just like it's just like a natural you know like go do this it's like 
well, even if I was going to do that, I'm not going to now. Well, that almost kind of sounds polar opposite to to what you've been saying, mm-hmm. trying to just uh, you know go with the flow and mm-hmm. kind of do what you know you think you should do. Yeah. Is that, so is that a new development of just? Going against the <laughs> no, I mean, like when I say going going with the flow on certain stuff, that was like in my own personal life, right? right. And and that's one of the things is, you, you know, I, my own feelings. I I'm a lot more, I guess, flexible with. But when when it comes to instructions or whatever, it's it's really hard for me to just say yes, this is a good idea. I'll go along with it. It might knee jerk instant reactions like, who are you to tell me to do anything? Like, <laughs> no matter what it is or how simple it is, like even with advertising like you know i say this all the time but if i was in like an empty hangar and there was two stalls and each of them were like selling buns or something right so two guys standing there with a pile of buns exact same buns and one guy said come buy my bun i would go and buy the other guy's bun like <laughs> it just it just like, you're not pushy yeah, it's like, you know it's like oh you, you want me to buy your bun huh yeah, yeah. You're just right also, you know uh so and so i i get a little bit like therapy you get out of it what you put into it, right? And so I and there's a there's a period there where you know the the person has to get to know you and and figure out and you know they can only help you as much as you want to help yourself for yep, a lot of it for sure. And so I was always going in so antagonistic. So obviously it didn't work well because I wasn't offering anything up, right? Mm. So at, at the time when that was happening, like were you realizing that? Like you say, you sit there and say, "Now, ah, yeah, well, you reflect I was, on it. Now. I was being a jerk. That's why it wasn't. That's why it wasn't happening at the time. Did you realize that, or was it? <sighs> no, I, I, I re- yeah, I realized that at the time, mostly of like, oh, well, this is only going to work if I put myself into it. But that's tiring to me. Like that's an mm. expenditure of energy dealing with, uh, you know, trying to loop this other person and then on the problems I'm having. That's a huge expenditure of energy mm-hmm. dealing with the other anxiety stuff. And so me, I'm like, well. I don't see the advantage of it. You know, I don't want to go against, you know, obviously therapy isn't for everybody or whatever. You know, I can't, (laughs) I don't want to malign the actual title of the podcast while I'm here. Um, (laughs) uh, But for me personally, it was sort of, you know, I never got to the point where I felt like I wouldn't be better off on my own, given the space to try and figure this out. Um, Because... you know, I'd have to put all this energy into figuring out, oh, well, this isn't the right therapist, right? And that's a whole mm-hmm. process you have to go to to try and fight. Oh, them, yeah. Right? And, and so t- that's terrifying in and of itself. Yeah, My yeah, wife yeah. decided she was going to get some help with anxiety, mm-hmm. went to a therapist five or six times and was like, I got nothing. Right. Like, just that person's not a fit. Right, right. And that's the, to go, like, put that effort in and, and to have it fail. Yeah. It's just so – and then that's hard to get back on the horse to try again. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so, I, you know, I'd, I'd gone through that, like, two two or three times and just felt like I've dumped so much of me into this, you know, over and over and I've just seen no benefit. And so, you know, if I was in crisis, I feel like I really would have, like – wanted to 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 leap out and try and grab someone that way but as it was i felt like i can do this better on my own whether that was right or wrong that was the feeling i was having which means that this therapy is set up to fail before i start and i know that and the therapist probably knows that because i'm not giving them anything so Mm. you know i kind of ended up steering away from that multiple times Hmm. you said if you were in crisis like would have done that was it, well, I say that. I don't you know. Say, yeah, sure. But, <laughs> like, it, it it was more of a slow burn 
is kind of what it sounds like, mm-hmm. right? Nothing. There was no. There was a tipping point, but it wasn't like a immediately dumped you. Well, yeah, I didn't realize anything was wrong until <laughs> until like eight or nine months later, right? So, I guess we we talked. We've talked to people who have been in those crisis mm-hmm. points and and been at the lowest of lows, and 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 talked about how good therapy was. As someone who never felt like you were there, when you look back, did when you talk about that period four or five months where you were just sleeping, do you feel like maybe that was a lowest of low? It just it didn't have a cliff either to it or out of it. Yeah, it's probably the case. Whereas if suddenly tomorrow I woke up feeling that way, I you know that that crisis mode would ping. But in the moment, I guess it just kind of like snuck up on me and. I'm sure it probably did cross my mind, like, do I need some help for this? Like, is there something wrong? But but at that point, there was just no way I was going to find the energy to go and, and and seek that help, right? Like, it just – it would right out of the question. For me, I resisted uh, therapy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got to that point where it's like, well, it's either I go and try to find somebody that can help me or mm-hmm. I just kill myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that that's what you're talking about, Luke. Like a tipping point where it's like, yeah. well, I go one way or the other, right? So let's 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 uh, fish or cut bait. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of like, do you feel like there was, whether you knew it or not, there was mm-hmm. a moment where you did you did take the path that led you to where you are today instead of going down a different path? Maybe not even a moment. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to piggyback on what Luke's asking mm-hmm. because I kind of already asked this. I'm going to ask it in a different yeah. way that you were in that kind of your lowest of low, mm-hmm. whether or not that was, you know, like a crisis point or not. Mm-hmm. You were in kind of what you would define as your lowest. What what kind of – where did you find the energy to, to just get back up? I think – well, I think what it was was it was really – I don't know. I ha- it was really a good idea to take the time off work for me. And I think that's what I did. And not everyone can do that. They're not in a position where they can just say, I'm not working for the next year. Like that's, you know, and so I, I was really, you know, I'm, I'm gifted by a lot of different circumstances and my parents support, my friends support that I was allowed just to take that space. And, and so I feel like if I had been working full time during that, then it would have been a real problem because I wouldn't have had the time and the thought process to put that stuff together. So I think what gave me the energy was just the space and the time. Like at that point, I was, I was just writing and reading, interacting, like, you know, figuring out what art I really valued. And this is, you know, this is something that I want to aspire to create and all that sort of stuff. And so I just had the space, I think. And that, that was just, that was all it was that, that mm. kind of gave me the time to circle back. I want to go back to uh, the name, and I don't want to hang up too much on it, mm. but a name is literally your identity. Mm-hmm. So to change your name, I'm just curious, just Sebastian, where did that... Well, Sebastian was... <laughs> was <that laughs> it was my given name from beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't change my family name. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jess then. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration behind that particular name? Yeah, there, it it ties into a lot of very <laughs> just like things I'll say, but uh, it's it's a name that you know kind of traces its roots back to Shakespeare. He was kind of the progenitor of of that as a <laughs> as a name altogether. It was used as an insult in the 1900s for an effeminate man. And at that point, you know, I was wearing nail polish and wearing a lot more pink clothes and doing whatever else, and sort of taking that is is like. I don't know, like a fun dig at that or whatever. And so, and it's something that I, I just like connected to. I really like, you know, the sound of it. And so it, 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 
I don't know how much intentionality there was. It was sort of like I came to the decision of I'm going to change my name kind of at the same time where I decided what I want the name to be. And then so like those two decisions like arrived at the same time. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, I feel like this would be so important to hold close to me, that kind of thing. That's cool. (laughs) Were were you worried when you changed? Like, because I know that people asked me questions Mm. when you changed your Mm -hmm. name. The question was, is that it? Mm -hmm. Was that something that, that, what do you you mean? Is that it? Uh, (laughs) the name Jess, when most people heard it, they didn't think that's a boy's name. That's the best way I can describe it. Oh, okay. Was that like, was that something that, that people said to you? Was that something that, yeah, um, dug at you? Like, uh, well, it, 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 this is like, it ties into some stuff that I haven't like figured out the answers to myself. Um, this is like, like really in the weed stuff of, uh, gender identity and sexuality and expression, which is that still things you're working through still. Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's the razor's edge of, of kind of where I'm at. Um, but I felt like I, you know, it is a, it is kind of a more effeminate name and I'm so like visibly coded male in terms of being extremely hairy, broad shouldered, balding, all that, you know, I get a five o'clock shadow by like two thirty. So <laughs> <laughs> of all that kind of stuff, I, you know, isn't within my bounds to change. But I can change in this way, right? Like I can choose to dress this way and I can choose this name to yeah. represent something I feel isn't as easily visibly represented in me. Is the gender identity stuff something that you've really uh, kind of had the time to think about since your engagement break off? Or is this something you've been thinking your entire life? Um, well, this ties into – it ties into sort of the the accepting with what I – with what I'm expe- – what's expected of me. Right. So I would always feel a strong affinity for things that were maybe not as generally coded male, um, you know, like certain, you know, fashion things or TV shows or whatever that are targeted toward women or certain music or whatever. But up until that point – I had never, I didn't see any of my friends, you know, my male friends into any of the same stuff. So I just assumed, oh, this isn't something we talk about or, oh, this isn't something that I should be into or, oh, I w- I'm incorrect in my own, in my hmm. own <laughs> assumptions about this thing. And I don't actually like it. And I was wrong. And here's the thing I like instead. Right. Um, so up until I was kind of doing that unraveling, that was part of the stuff that I'd never considered I had just sort of accepted that as, you know, this is the way it is, right? But having the time to now, like, really reevaluate. Yeah, having the time to question. No, maybe Mm -hmm. I – because I find the idea of I like this, but no one else does, so I'm wrong. Like, I find that (laughs) fascinating. Yeah, that's – well, that's like the the social anxiety stuff, right? Like, you know, how much of this is – like maybe everyone feels like this and no one talks about it or, you know, like maybe it's like some kind of weird thing or whatever. And so until I was asking the question of myself, you know, what are the things I value? What are the things I really connect deeply with? It wasn't, Mm. you know, it wasn't something that anybody else talked about or brought up. So I was like, Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about it or bring it up, you know, problem solved. Hmm. So two things that I worked on when I was in therapy over the like about a year ago, I started and then started working through the process of trying to get better mentally. Uh, were 
core beliefs, mm-hmm. or what I think of myself, mm-hmm. and what I kind of just is intrinsically like. This is what I firmly yeah. believe in. Defining those and kind of understanding them, and and if they're um, if they're not healthy, changing them. Yeah. And then the other one's core values. Now you've talked a lot about those two things, and you've kind of done the exact same thing just mm-hmm. on your own. And right. that's that's really interesting that you've kind of just I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> that's kind of neat. Um, yeah. What have you? How would you define the change from where you were kind of? I don't know who I am and what I'm doing mm-hmm. to now. Like, how would you? Wh- what's what are the differences? And um, you know, how do you feel about it? Right. I think the the main difference is I'm not afraid to interrogate myself for what I actually believe in a certain situation. So where I I appreciate the input from other people and I you know I'll listen to their opinion or whatever I don't have to immediately incorporate that into myself. So <laughs> this ties into the um the knee jerk you know going the opposite of someone else that's like against like a command whereas this what I'm talking about is just sort of like an unstated expectation. So like it's the unstated expectation that you like these kind of foods. It's not, oh, Jess, you need to like this bacon thing. It's Jess likes this bacon thing as mm-hmm. a general sort of encompassing statement. So, and I would just be like, oh, Jess likes this bacon thing. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's what's been said. That's right. what I'm doing, right? And so at this point, now I'm not afraid to kind of like interrogate myself on on what I actually want, what I'm feeling, what my direction is. And so... Mm. I, like once I've got like that little thing, all the other changes I've made around that are kind of sprouting out from that. And I feel like a lot better about that. Hmm. Uh, I obviously have a bunch of other problems. I think everyone does, but yeah. Again, with the figuring out for yourself, I'll go back to my therapy and uh, a common one that mm-hmm. I've worked through is cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. And that is literally challenging your thoughts. Right. And that's, what you're doing right like, again I, it's it's interesting that you're just doing it and just independently yeah, yeah. <laughs> independently discovering it yeah, yeah was there any like looking up these sort of things it just or did it just kind of happen i well i, I don't want to sound uh pretentious when i say this but why well, stop now <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> i get accused of being a hipster all the time so uh let's uh let's keep that train rolling but no i, I didn't search i didn't search up anything um so blunt as like a self-help book or, or, or a, you know, so you're feeling this, now do this thing. But in a lot of the art I read, it was, these were the central themes of it. So Ursula K. Le Guin has a book called The Left Hand of Darkness, which it's kind of about um, uh, an alien race that isn't one gender. They, they, they are fluid when they express themselves. And then there's a male-coded colonist who comes among them, and he has to sort of struggle with you know, how does he refer to these people? You know, what is the expectation there? Because he he's bringing his own things that he expects them to be, which they are absolutely not. And so when I read something like that, it's something I can latch on to and, and learn from and, and be like, oh, these are, this is what I'm feeling and, and, and kind of feel comradeship in, in that. And so rather than, you know, looking things up, it, it, it's revealed a lot in the art that I consumed and a lot in the art that I wrote, you know, so my second right. novel deals a lot with identity and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that speaks to a shared experience that we all have mm-hmm. that I've dealt with things in a certain way. You've dealt with it through interpreting art and that 
art has been presented to you like that because that person had the same experience mm-hmm. that you did, same experience that I did. So I think that it's just a commonality. I think we all go through something like this mm-hmm. at some point. Um, do you have anything else, Lou? No, I uh, learned a lot. <laughs> I'm just curious before we go. Uh, I know that you're uh, – well, I guess Luke didn't know all of the backstory, but – um, you sound very open and honest about all of this. You didn't really, you know, you didn't really brussel up and mm-hmm. not want to go down any mm-hmm. particular area. Um, why did you want to publicize your story? I think it's it's generally because I have that same worry as a person that someone's not into me or, or inter- sorry, not into me, but like interested in hearing my opinion or whatever. So I never want to like fish hook or, you know, do that thing where on Facebook you're very melodramatically, oh, so like tired. Like get someone asked me the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm just so afraid of that. And like that's right. my – I just don't – I just don't want to don't want to be there. And to the point of even if someone does sincerely ask that question, I'm still assuming that they want the, you know, how's the weather answer, right? And so with something like this, it's like – that's literally the bread and butter. Like, you know, if this isn't the space, what is, right? Kind of yeah. a thing. So that's, I guess, what, you know, you guys can edit this or you guys are inviting me on or whatever, right? So, like, the invitation's more, like, official that way, whereas right. something official of, like, oh, how are you doing? Whether it's, like, a how are you doing or, like, just how are you doing? You know, either one of those, I would find a way to kind of brush that off. Right? Yeah, and I, I struggle with that all the time. It's just, like, good yeah, Get out of it. yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm fine. It's great. Everything's going good. I don't want to talk about it. You know. Yeah, I guess then this question is for Jess, but also kind of for Justin because you started this podcast. When you, when I asked you if you wanted to come on, it was after double checking that mm. I could refer to you on the first podcast yeah. and I just kind of threw out there oh yeah Luke just starts dropping bombs <laughs> like maybe you should get some approvals <laughs> yeah, over the yeah. Stuff Whoops. <laughs> I was just I was talking but yeah. um, I so when I asked you that and you said yeah I was like well would you like to come on the podcast and you just said immediately it was a yes and now that we're actually doing it or even in the lead up to it like the, you, I, I'm sure you realize the same mm-hmm. way I do that uh, our friends are probably going to listen to this yeah more than likely, a lot of them already did listen to this. Po- we're listening to this podcast uh, in other episodes mm. because I put it out there yeah. and said I'm on this thing. Now that you're coming on, knowing that some of them are going to hear mm. this, like, is there was there ever any worry about that? Uh, I guess I'm just not really, to be honest. Um, I have enough <laughs> anxiety problems and a lot of other things, and this this is sort of just like. You know, in case you're curious about why Jess is doing this now or whatever, you know, like, here, here you go. <laughs> it's kind of an impersonal way to – not impersonal. Impersonal is such a negative connotation. It's it's kind of like a – Well, the, the way I look at it is it's like it's some, it's a way that the person can come to it on their passive. own. It's passive. Yeah, a person passive, can come sure. to it on their own terms. Yeah. So I don't have to worry that someone is not interested into mm. what, I, what I'm saying. When yeah, they if they're going to take an the time, they exactly. want to know, Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that's sure. very comforting to me. Whereas if I was having this conversation, you know, directly with a person with the understanding of – you know, they ask me how I am or why I changed my name or whatever. It's like, do you really want to get into it? And the entire time I would be worried that the other person is, you know, are they, they have to go somewhere. They, they're not interested and they don't want to tell me because that would be rude or whatever. All mm-hmm. these other concerns that I'm just kind of, you know, nice. whatever, I get to sidestep. Um, Luke, when Luke said to me that, oh, I don't really know the story. So we're just going to flesh it out on the podcast. <laughs> so I was kind of like, Really? 
you want to do that? <laughs> but uh, no, it actually turned into a fascinating conversation, and I really appreciate the time you took. Uh, yeah, so just thanks for thanks for doing this. And uh, are you you're writing? So you have yeah, you have one book now or two? I have two books. Uh, oh, I actually have three books written. Okay, the are first, they published? The first two Did I not s- know about the third one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The the first two I self published. Okay, um, just sort of like to you know get them out there because I don't think they were. It's really hard to break into <laughs> to getting published. Fair That's enough. a whole other podcast. But, like, but. T- since you're on here and maybe somebody's listening and they, yeah. and they like what you got to say, and maybe they, you piqued their interest in some of the stuff you were talking about in terms of art that you appreciate, yeah. uh, how, is there a way that people can find yeah, your content? Yeah, absolutely. I have a website. Uh, it's hambleytown.com. Or dot, yeah, dot com, I believe. Uh, H-A-M-B-L-Y town. Um and that's just like my personal personal author website where both of my books are up on it. But you can get the books other places though. Mm, yeah, like you like you can go there to the website to link you to Amazon and Barnes and Noble, whatever. Nice, else. cool. Yeah, and awesome, man. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course, Luke. Uh, no, thanks for <laughs> thanks for agreeing to do this, considering we've known each other since two thousand four mm. and never talked about this mm. stuff. You're um, so much closer now. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, though. Um, I know people are, are interested and care because my wife uh, said, you're going she, – she said, make sure you catch me up on the podcast. I was like, well, you can listen when everybody else listens. And she's like, no, you're telling me what happened on the oh, podcast. Wow, yeah. So I know that uh, uh, she's very interested and, and thank you for sitting down in this in this radio studio, this cold – uh, impersonal radio studio <laughs> and talking to us. <laughs> awesome. Uh, like, share, subscribe, rate this podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Except Spotify. If you're listening to it this deep in, you probably already subscribe. I don't know. I anyway, so. if you don't subscribe yet, figure it out. Uh, <laughs> get me on Twitter, J D I C K I E, or send me a message on Facebook Messenger, Luke. Uh, at the L Vermeer, T H E L V E R M E E R on Twitter. Jess, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank and uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.